are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I have not lost it. I know I preached from John 3.16 in January. We're using this as going to go to another text in a moment. You know, my first Sunday was here 44 years ago on February the 8th. On that Sunday morning, I preached John 3.16. And uh, I thought I knew something about the verse. And God blessed that day, but I, I really didn't comprehend it all like you just prayed. And later I preached a series every two words, for God so loved the world he gave his son. And uh, God used it. I still can't comprehend John three sixteen. I want you to notice the way my Bible is, the printers printed it. Maybe yours is the same. There are six words in line one, on line one. There are six words in line two. It's, it's not that your Bible's right and mine's wrong or vice versa, but my first six words, for God so loved the world. Maybe yours is like that. If it is, six words, what are the middle two words? What are, in the first six words, for God so loved the world. What are the middle two words? So loved. Say it together, ready? So loved. Uh, we, we're thinking about love this week with Valentine's Day and you see hearts everywhere and uh, bears and candy and all that business and Valentine's card. Miss Treber and I were in the car on Friday night going somewhere. We weren't going to di dinner. We just, uh, it just looked too crowded. But we were looking, the, trying to get into the grocery store. A bunch of fellows about seven o'clock at night. They must have forgot it was Valentine's Day. You could not, I mean, the traffic both ways coming. People were honking the horn. And uh, they must have got a discount on Valentine's cards, I guess. But so love. And there's been a lot of expression of love. I love this church. I, I just love it. It's been so good to my wife and I. We brought a, our first child. We brought our first child to the nursery. And when that baby, she's a pastor's wife now in Newport Beach. She's got five kids. But it, it said, welcome Tiffany Ann Treeper. She changed her name to Thompson. I wish you would have stayed with Treeper. It's got a better ring. Don't you think, bus kids up there? But uh, Tiffany Ann. And the nursery workers put, welcome Tiffany Ann. Ah, it's an amazing, this church man is so good. Our son came, Tim, and they had a welcome sign. He's pastoring in Arizona. And you're so good to us. And Tabitha, uh, our, our daughter who's serving the Lord here with her husband, uh, came. You've been so good to us. You remembered us at Thanksgiving, at Christmases, and, and, uh, and uh, anniversaries, and birthdays. And just, you, you prayed for us. I have several young, several couples that they get up and have done it for decades, three or 3.30 in the morning to begin praying for us. It's very humbling. I, I praise God for this church. The Bible said the middle two words, so loved. Love is always an expression. Uh, love is always demonstrated. Notice the next line is six words that he gave his only begotten. 
Afterward that, the next two words are what? Say it together, second line, he gave. What are those two words? Say it again. Let's put all four together. So loved he gave. Try it one more time, ready? So loved he gave. Let's have the lower floor, you're the so loved, the upper crowd up there for $1,000 each. The winning side. It's monopoly money, but nonetheless, it's money. All right, you're so, uh, so loved, and you're, he gave. Are you ready? One, two, three. So loved, he gave. Ah, a little weak up there. Try it one more time. Ready? So loved, he gave. There we go. We got it. Let's reverse it. Here we go. Ready? Bunch of loud mouths down here, I guess. Quiet, submissive, that's great. You know, those four words are a message and it tells what love is all about. So loved, when you love something so much, you're gonna give. You're always gonna give. God, I mentioned is so good, he gave me a wife. I love her, I wanna give to her. You boys up there, one day you're going to fall in love with a girl. And the goal is not to get for yourself. Real love is that you might give to someone else. Parents, the goal is when God gives you a child to so love that child that you invest your life. A mother invests nighttime when she should be sleeping into getting up to take care of a fevered brow. A child that's learning how to be diaper trained and they soil themselves. A little baby that can do nothing but cry when they're hungry and a mother always is caring for that child and caring that child and loving, why? Because a mother's heart is all about love. And when you love something, you give. A man came forward in our church back in the 70s, real intelligent, handsome man, businessman, just an just a attractive couple. And uh, he's with the Lord now. He was my dear friend. But he came forward and he said, Pastor, I come to church, I preach, I'm here for two weeks, I get convicted, I walk forward, I get right with God, and then I'm gone for three weeks. And then I'm back for two weeks, and then I'm back, gone for one week. And he says, I'm just, I'm like this. And he was a tremendous success in business and all. But he said, I just, I'm so wishy-washy when it comes to church. And I used to come down here at the invitation. I would say, I'd say to him, I stopped doing that years ago because I, I have one good ear and one bad ear. And so I'd always go like this. And a, a, a lady came forward one Sunday morning, and I went like this, and she thought she was supposed to kiss me on the cheek. And I went like this, she kissed me on the cheek. Well, the Bible says you turn the other cheek also. And um, <laughs> I tried that and my wife didn't like that one. So I stopped doing that. But nonetheless, you know, he, he, he was just battling this thing. And I would, I've, never, I've never looked at what people give or don't give. I have no idea. It's not my job. But I looked at him that Sunday morning in front of the old Lord's table. And I called him by his name. I said, I'll tell you what your problem is. He said, oh, pastor, tell me, help me. I want to be faithful. I said, you don't give. And he looked at me, several many years older than me. He goes, I thought you never looked at the records. I said, I haven't. But where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And when you love something, you give to that. 
It's not been difficult for us to invest our life here because we love our church. We, the church is not just the building, it's the people. We love this place. God, who is perfect without sin, he is God. He so loved, he gave. He so loved, he gave. Turn with me, if you will, quickly to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's what we call the love chapter. And when you love something, you give to that something. Some people love an automobile. They just give to that automobile. Some love an RV. Some love a fishing pole. Some love a golf club. Some love the yards, their house, their this, their that, their job. They love a football team. They love a baseball team. They love, and all those things are great. But friend, I'd like to encourage us to find something of quality that will last where we can put our love on that person. Brother Evan Sprague's up there. I see him. He's a businessman. He was in the gutters as a drug addict so many years ago. And God saved his soul. And he preaches to these kids. And these kids, just the teenagers, love him as a businessman, a, 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 a contractor. He works his job. But he's poured his life. And his wife, Sarah, they poured their life into these bus kids. He sent me a note. He goes, this, is, this bus kid gave my wife this card and said, dear brother Evan, thank the Lord for all the, the things that they've done for them and some decisions that this bus kid made in their life about living for God and saying no to some sins that are, are prevalent where they go to school and drugs and drink and all this. And at Christmas time, he made them, he's an expert barbecue guy, and he made them some beef and a, uh, expensive beef and, and, and she said and it's amazing, I've never tasted beef like that in my life I was surprised that a white guy could cook like that, God bless her soul, you know what they've done they've invested their life in those kids you know what these bus workers have done they invest their Saturdays and Sunday in these boys and girls and men and women I thank God for people that, you know what this church has done? You've invested your pocketbook in worldwide missions. We have 100 and some missionaries, 150 or so around the globe. And now we've started, Brother Pusin, with your labor. For, we're at the 400th church in the Philippines where we pay a pastor's salary for a year. And our goal was to get to 400 and this year. We're finishing the last 25 to, to, to pay a salary and then build them a building. And guess what? All 375 to this point are going still. Some of them are back in the jungles. And you walk in there. We were on the radio here on Friday. We were raising money with the bucket. Brother Moore was talking. You had him preach over there in the Philippines. You and Brother Martin, one of you. And he talked about how he took a boat and from a boat, he got on a bus. And from a bus, he got on, I think he said a motorcycle. And on a motorcycle, he got off and he started walking into the jungle. And he got there, they were four hours late. And people were still waiting. And they had a church service. And God moved. You know what? That, that church is a result of this church. This church has given the money to something you'll never see. A year ago, you bought over a million dollars worth of buses. Those buses, you'll never ride on adults. I doubt if you will. We'll never probably take you on an activity on those buses. 
but we ask you to fix them and to buy them and pay the insurance and pay the, uh, the DMV license fees. Why? And why do you do it so gladly? Because you have experienced that you love something more than yourself. God loved, he gave. God loved me more than he who was rich, yet for my sake, your sake, became poor that we through his poverty might be made rich. This world, what is needed in this world, in our churches, in our homes, in our government, in Washington, D.C., as a good douse of love, where we don't love for ourselves what I get out of it, because love is not getting, love is giving. It is more blessed to than to love. Say, oh, I'm gonna give to my wife, because maybe she'll, she'll do for me. That's not love, that's negotiation. I'll give to my parents because maybe they'll buy me a car. That's not love, that's negotiation. That's using people. Here in the Bible, what we call the love chapter, verse number four, charity, that's the word love, suffereth long. It suffereth long. When your mate is impatient, you are not impatient. That's what it means to suffer long and to reverse it, suffering long, long suffering. My mate is, uh, is irritable with me, you say. I need counseling pastors. She's impossible to live with. He's impossible to live with. No, but real love, a love that's not trying to get from your wife, not trying to get from your husband. And a love says, I want to give to my mate. It suffers long. It's impatient. It's patient when, when you're tested and you feel like being impatient. He says, secondly, it's kind. Kind is to be good and pleasant. Young people, as you go to school, be kind to people. God says to be kind to our enemies. Be gracious to people in life. And thirdly, he says it envieth not. Real love is never jealous. I got thinking about this the other day. I, we, we have, I think, about... 75 employees in this ministry, the school, the Christian school, the high school, the college, the publications, the various pastors and all, but I think I've got about seven or eight that have pastored churches. I'm just so overwhelmed because God has put in all of our hearts in addition probably another five pastors, about probably 12 of us that are pastors or maybe more. The amazing thing is, we have become such a family, such a team. One of our pastors will preach and they'll out-preach me. That doesn't bother me a bit. You say, I like him better. Go ahead. That's all right. I do too. I, I want it to be where this ministry is not one man centered, but God blends us together and brings our walks of life together and our strengths and our weaknesses and here's where I'm weak, but this man is strong and here's where I'm weak over here. This man is strong and that's exactly what it says, envieth not. When you've experienced great love, real love, you're not always mad at everything. Notice what else he says, vaunteth not itself, never boast. Never brags. I don't have one man on my staff that say, I have the largest this. I have, well, our, our youth pastor's up here somewhere. I'm sitting with you, Brother Russ, and I think they run about 350 bus, about, about, about 350 teenagers every week. He gives me a report on Monday. 
That's a large church. That'd be the average size church in America is 46 people. He's got about 350 or more. But, but may I tell you something? He never, as he was in a church last week preaching in the Midwest, he's never bragging about what he is doing. He's bragging what God is doing with the lives of our young people. Our teenagers sang at the Santa, Santa Clara basketball team opening. I didn't get to get there yesterday at the ball game. Whoever they played, Loyola or somebody, I don't know who they played, but, but they, they sang the Star Spangled Banner. And they sent me that. And I thought, I'm so grateful for teenagers. You know, when you have real love, you're, you're not bragging about yourself. I'm the most important person. I, I did this, I did that, I'm this, I'm that. And vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. When in a marriage you begin to lift yourself, you say, well, I'm not happy, I, I'm not happy. I, you're lifting yourself, but love says, he must increase, but I must decrease. Would you look in verse number six? Verse number six. Verse number five says, doth not behave itself unseemly. You know what that simply means? Hey, teenagers, you know what that means? You don't act like a nut. When a man pouts, he's acting like a nut. When a woman pouts, and then seeketh not her own. Life is not about you and life is not about me. Life is about others. Look, every man on the need of others. Philippians 2, 4. I'm not happy, so get over it. Your goal is to give someone to someone else so that they might be happy because God so loved, he gave. It is not about getting. It's about giving. So we go home, we say, Mom, let me vacuum that floor. Mother, let me sweep that floor. Mother, let me carry the groceries and you stay inside here. Mom, let me carry the laundry. Some of your sweet, sweet mothers, they carry all the laundry to a laundromat, carry it for her. I don't like doing that. Well, yeah, but you love her, don't you? I know my parents lived a long time. Both of them just in the month of March, a couple years ago, went home to be with the Lord. And I'll tell you what, there's something about losing or saying goodbye to your mother or your father or both. Kids, I don't know what your mom's going through. Maybe she's a single mom trying to make it. Maybe she's having a hard time. Maybe she's irritable and she's trying to hold down a job and care for her family. And maybe things are tough and I don't know what's going on. I don't know all what's going on. But you know, when we get to the point where we say, I love my mom so much, I love my mother so much, I want to give to my mom. And I know some of you have been bruised by parents maybe and hurt by parents on the pathway of life. I know that. But real love, real love, it's not about her own self, seeking not her own. It's not easily provoked. Are you ready and are we always wanting to fight and be in contention? 
The root problem is you've not learned to love and love is always demonstrated in giving. And when we're always thinking about us and ourselves and we're seeking our own and we're provoked and we're contentious, then he says he thinketh no evil. And so Brother Poussin, we've been working together 28, nine years. What I've been doing, you don't know this, I write down every time you bother me. And I found out that you're writing down all the times I'm bothering you. And we don't like one another, but we're having to work along, alongside one another. And that is not true on his case, I'll guarantee it, or his wife, or his children. And that's not true in our case. I love that man so much. He was a prison guard, got saved, dedicated his life to work here serving so many different areas. I don't want to keep any, I don't know of any wrongs. Brother Kerry, 44 years, 43 years, I'm sure there's many times I've had to bother him, but he's just been such a sweet friend all these many years. And, and, and when you have a relationship with someone, you don't keep records. You always do, you're just like your mother. Oh my, don't say that. I know you've, been very careful to listen. Let me try to wrap it up. Rejoiceth not in iniquity. Ha ha ha! She did wrong. He did wrong. Look at that. Why would you rejoice when someone does wrong? I know our news media, that's how they sell their news. It's always trying to find fault with the next guy. Don't, don't try to find fault with your wife's mother and your husband's mother and your family, and my sister, and my brother. The Bible says, rejoices in truth. Real love wants honesty, beareth all things. That's like an umbrella. An umbrella is there for protection. And when you love someone, you try to protect. We've tried to do that with our home, the security of our home, so that my wife always feels safe. Any man would do that for his family. Always, always your, your wife would feel safe in the environment of her home. I want it to be an umbrella of safety for my wife. And I'm certain you want that. And that's what God's word says. And that believeth all things. That's powerful, isn't it? A person that really loves is free from suspicion. Well, I wonder what that church really, I wonder about that prayer, I wonder about that politician. I wonder, why, why are you so suspect? Well, they really think they're, well, I know what they're thinking. I don't know what I'm thinking. How do you know what I'm thinking? You know, when you love people, you that are always suspicious of one another, you have not yet experienced really true love that God can give. Notice what he says, Believeth all things, hopeth all things. That's optimism. Please, you've listened so well, I'm out of time. Optimism says, my wife, she just nags at me, she nags at me, she nags at me, she's a grump, she's moody, she's this, and that's what you see. But you need to have some optimism that you're gonna help her. And you're not gonna be so argumentative Whatever's going on in her life, you want to be there for her. 
and vice versa, sir, because we live in such a soft day. Men are offended nowadays. I can't believe it. And ladies, I just say, please be patient and optimistic that maybe one day, one day, he'll become nice. And then the last one he says here, there's 15 of them, endureth all things. It remains strong. It just remains strong when things are tough. We've been married a long time. We've had some tough days. We had some days when we didn't have food in the house. We've had many days where the debts are high and the funds are low, you know. We've had some days that have been difficult days. There have been some days I've been so filled with my own pride that I didn't understand her. And I found out when you always want to change the next person, God is trying to change you. We have a college here. Young people come from around the globe to come to college here, and they live in dorms. I always advise students, I learned it from my father, when they're with a roommate that they can't get along with, this person say, I'm a neat freak, I like my, and my roommate's messy. My father says, don't ever try to change roommates. Because God is getting you in practice. And if you can't learn to get along with a like, you're not going to get along with a dislike. Your wife is different than you, sir. And my dad say, son, just, but I said, I have a roommate, he smells, he stinks. But did it ever occur to you that God may have wanted that roommate there? that you might be a help to that roommate. By the way, he later became a pastor and a good pastor. God so loved, he gave. We sing these songs, the love of God is greater far. That song was written in Pasadena, California, 1917. The man that wrote that song where they have the Rose Bowl played was packing lemons and oranges 30 ton a day. And as he packed those oranges and lemons 30 ton a day, he began to think of God loves me. God just loves me. They began to ponder the love of God. And there he was in Pasadena, not far from the Pacific Ocean. And he began to think about the ocean. And every time he'd get a thought at a break time, he'd go right down that word. And he began to describe what the love of God is. He said, if we could drain the oceans dry, you still cannot begin to comprehend the love of God. You know, it's a wonderful thing that God loves me. Hey, hey, young people, you've been so perfect today. Why would God love you? My question is, why would God even love someone like me? The Bible says I was his enemy. I was a sinner. I was a stranger. I was an alien. I was a foreigner. I was away from God, the enemy of God. I was a sinner. And he who had no sin loved me that he died on the cross for my sin. He demonstrated, Jack, you have nothing in yourself to bring to me. 
but I love you so much, I want to die for you. And he died on a cross for my sin. I understood that, young people. And on the lower floor as well, I understood that 63 years ago. When Brother Kerry was singing those songs, I went back to when I was in Sunday school singing Fishers of Men. And Mrs. Daniels would lead us Sunday schools in my pastor's garage. And we'd sing deep and wide. And this little light of mine, in 1956, I understood for the first time. I really comprehended how bad I was. And I deserved hell, but God so loved. And he demonstrated his love by giving. Here's what I'm asking you to do this week. I'm going to do the same. I asked you a few weeks ago, let him increase and let you and I decrease. I asked you last Sunday, you draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. And I'm going to ask you this week, to figure out what you love and then demonstrate to that what you love all that you can. I came here to this church with my wife February the 8th. It was raining that day. I preached for the first time three times in my life in one day. I'd only preached three times before that. And I'll never forget on the way home that night I said, Lord, I'd like to do this the rest of my life. I'd like to be a pastor. No church wanted me. I was an assistant pastor. A church in Durango with about nine people, I was going to go there, and they wrote back, said, we found out you're young and you're inexperienced. We don't want you. A church in Northern California, they said, we found out you were supposed to preach here, and you're young and inexperienced. They just had about a dozen people. I was in West Sacramento preaching this last Monday night, and a church there said, we're, we're really interested in you find out how old I was and how inexperienced. And this church was just a few months old with about 30 people, North Valley Baptist Church. And the first thing I remember saying to Brother Brownlee, he's with the Lord, I'm inexperienced. And I've only preached three times and one of those was on the radio. Nobody saw me. But if you'd let me come, I'll give you my heart. And I'll try to stay here my entire life if you'll let me stay. You know what this has been for us? A journey where we can just express that we love you, folks. Because if you really love something, you give. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.